Welcome to Global Yoga Flow Podcast. In this podcast, we talk about you as the bridge between the world of limitless spirit and the carnal physical experience here on earth. In the Yoga Pradipika, humans are referred to as Manava, descended from Manu, the father of mankind. And Manu is a word that's derived from mana or manas. You may know that word as mind. So the idea is that the mind is the bridge between pure spirit coming through and manifesting in the physical world. And if you think about it, when you have a well-organized, a strongly focused mind that is also open and creative, that is the strong bridge that will invite forth the inspiration, a flow of love and spirit, and allow it to manifest deeply into the body for well-being and vibrant health and into the work that you do in the world so that you're offering joy and beauty and betterment in the world. Now, when we think about developing the mind as building a bridge between pure spirit and the physical expression of it, it becomes very interesting to develop our minds. Building a bridge. I really like that. Now, in building the bridge, in developing knowledge, there are two basic avenues that we can deepen our knowledge. We can deepen our knowledge of the world around us. We can look outside and investigate and study different systems of science, different formulas, the way that nature works, the way that our bodies work. And we can also take a journey inward and really feel into who we truly are. We can explore the self, the capital S self and the soul. Now in Sanskrit and also in the Yoga Pradipika, these streams of knowledge are referred to as Laukilfayana, which means studying matters of the world, and Vaidikayana, studying knowledge of the deep self. And Vaidika, that word is based on Vedas the word Vedas, Vaidika Vedas, or spiritual knowledge. So both of these streams of knowledge or yana are essential for building a strong bridge that will draw forth limitless prana through, let's say, the prism of who you truly are and make a unique offering. And we do it because it's really fun. It's like the way that we really enjoy art projects or adventures, or building a new house, or starting a family while we're here on earth. From the soul's perspective, the drive to come and live a life on planet earth is very similar. I want to go and do something that's never been done before. I want to create an expression of love on planet earth that is never seen before. And in so doing, I'm going to offer to the cosmic intelligence, to the whole of of, of, of the flow of life, some new perspective, some new level of wisdom and an expansion of light and love. And that's why we come. Now also in the Yoga Pradipika, the aims of life are discussed. And it's so cool because often there is um, sort of a renunciation energy in some of the spiritual paths that ask us to relinquish desire. But the true teachings and, and any true master understands that desire is the flow of life. Even wanting to live a life without desire is a desire. You can't get away from desire. 
Love has a vector on it, prana, life force energy. It has a vector on it. And that desire to flow forward is, it, is its nature. So again, desire is natural. In fact, without desire, there would be no motive to build a bridge between pure spirit and earth. And so in Shiva Shakti Tantra, in this philosophy that Wisdom Flow Yoga rises from, we say, let's not squelch desire. This is the flow of life. Let's understand it. Let's purify it. Yeah? Let's purify it in the sense that it really reflects who we truly are. Let's purify it in the sense that in knowing who we truly are, we know we want to serve the whole because we know we are one at the same time we know we are unique and individual. And so that purity of desire naturally harmonizes our personal will in a way that makes an offering to those around us. And if we really, really trust that, then we stop trying to squelch the flow of desire within us. And, and, the, and the ancient texts, if you really get into their interpretation, they understood this, and this is what they're trying to teach us. I think there was probably some misinterpretation and maybe during the times when religion became very dogmatic and rule-oriented and even, even suppressive and, and in some cases, unfortunately, violent. And so we're, we're starting to unearth the original very loving and supportive messages uh, from this walk of life called yoga. And the Yoga Pratipika has some uh, fresh new interpretations out there. So the aims of life, and, and this is um, uh, from the Yoga Pratipika. The, the sages of old discovered the means for the betterment of life and called those aims the Orpuru Sartas. They are duty, dharma, the acquisition of wealth, artha, and, and, and here's a side note because you think, what? Aims of life from a spiritual text, the acquisition of wealth, but think about it. Freedom is your nature, right? Freedom is your nature. Any spiritual path wants you to be in alignment with your nature, wants you to be free. What spiritual path would say, follow this path because I want you to be enslaved? No, freedom is our nature, and wealth is very tied into our freedom. We understand that, yeah? And, and even in the text, it's, it's explained that artha, the acquisition of wealth, is necessary to free oneself, both from dependence on others, but also free yourself to create and to explore and to be fully who you are. Isn't that wonderful to hear? Okay, and then also, aims of life continued, the gratification of desires, comma. Wow, the gratification of desires. It just really makes my heart sing to know that a, a spiritual text is offering this clearly. We are meant to gratify our desires. We are meant to fulfill our dreams. Mm, yes. Okay, the fourth aim of life, moksha, moksha. It's the deliverance of the self from its entanglement with the material world. Now, that doesn't mean that while we're in the material world, we should relinquish the pleasures. We're here to receive the pleasures. But this aim of life is referring to knowing that everything we do, we do for the feeling of it that the true nectar isn't the Mercedes Benz in the garage or the money in the bank 
or the beautiful partner in the bed next to us. That, that the true aim is that feeling of, I feel myself fully, even while I'm here on earth, I feel myself fully. It's that satisfaction, that santosha that we get when the conditions are, are just synchronized perfectly. And it's like the, the bridge that we build allows that rush of our true energy to come through. And that's the nectar, not the physical thing, right? It's the energy of the experience. That's why we do everything that we do to get that feeling of, there's me, joy, satisfaction. Yes. Love, connection, continuity, and so moksha is, is to, to, to walk in the world and enjoy the pleasures, but also to understand that this energy of enjoyment, this energy of love is the true nectar. And then we're not clinging so strong to the, to the physical aspects of it. Yes, moksha means liberation. And so as we're looking at ourselves as bridges between our limitless soul and the physical experience and we're looking at building these avenues of knowledge inward to know the self and outward to know the world around us we become masterful bridge builders but let me leave you with a final idea that i think is the most important sometimes we think about knowledge as a set body of what is and you know, like a library that's filled with this many books on these subjects. And, but here's the thing. There is so much that has yet to be discovered by anyone. And there is a vastness to the world of unknown. There is a body of that which has yet to be discovered. And so a big part of building a bridge between limitless spirit and this physical plane is you thinking up something that has never been thought before. And remember when you were a kid, this kind of thing was easy. Your mind would just spin off on these crazy fantasies. As we grow older, we're almost a little bit shamed or somehow shut down from this wild imagination. And so part of being an effective bridge builder and living fully is to reclaim this unbounded dreamer, this aspect of self that just wants to think things up that seem totally fantastical. And without needing to know exactly how they would manifest in the moment, just delight in the idea of, wow, what if we could teleport? What if we could just say where we want to go and go into meditation and all ourselves would, would, would line up with some wormhole and zip through it and there we were in Canada when moments ago we were on Maui. You know, just letting the mind go to these unbounded places of fantasy is a big part of building and strengthening the bridge between the limitless world of spirit and our beautiful planet here. If you think about the things that have been manifested just in the last 10 years on planet Earth, 10 years ago, some of the things we're enjoying today would have sounded to many of us like science fiction, like impossibility. 
And, and if you look at athletes and what's happening in the X Games and in the Olympics, and then you look back 20 years ago at what was happening in these, these same fields of, of athleticism, you understand that it's an exponential factor of growth and that what's happening today, again, would have seemed absolutely impossible 20 years ago and just complete science fiction 50 years ago. So remember that you are part of that flow of expansion. And uh, a big aspect of being the bridge between limitless possibility and this beautiful planet is that you let your dreamer run wild. Thanks for tuning in. Aloha. Aloha.